What's up, guys? Welcome to Unloading Me, episode four. Four. And we have a great guest for you today. We have the wonderful and hilarious Joe Miller. Guys, I think you're going to love this conversation I have with her. She is hilarious, just flat out hilarious. And her just comedic timing and honestly, not even just talk about comedy, but just her way and philosophy of handling life and going through, working through her comedy and her craft was really fascinating to me. And I think we had a great chat. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, quickly, I just want to say, if you like the content, make sure to like and subscribe. Share this, guys. I really want this to be a place to grow Tulsa comedy and just Oklahoma comedy in general. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of Unloading Meat with my guest, Joe Miller. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite food delivery service such as DoorDash or Uber Eats, but it could be. You can obviously tell from this frame, I use those services quite a bit. So help me out and help the channel out. Reach out to those companies and tell them to sponsor this fat ass. Now, back to the show. All right, guys, we are back. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest today is Joe Miller. What's up? Joe Miller in the house. I'm not sure which camera I should be looking at, but <laughs> Your I'm camera here. is right there. And then we have the main camera right here. You don't have to worry about the one behind you because that's just me. That's just you. All you. All day. <laughs> so how are you? Great. It's a nice rainy day, or should I not reveal what day it is? Oh, it's <laughs> rainy as shit. You can say the weather. <laughs> Super rainy. Um, He's like over an hour out from where I live, so it was a trek. It was a trek to get out here. We had to go through some country. I was kind of hoping you were like one of those doomsday prepper type guys when we got here. Not but... yet. I'm just fat. <laughs> <laughs> That means that you're prepared. Yeah. Um, I mean. Did you watch Last of Us? Yes. So I'm Bill without any of the survival skills. I'm just the fat guy in the relationship. And gay? Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's going to take for you to find your man love. It might. Is the apocalypse. I mean, I already lost half my family because of it. So, I mean, I guess we're halfway there. What? <laughs> that's like, another story. <laughs> hey, any dicks that like other dicks can't go in this pussy. That was your ex-wife, right? Yeah. Oh, man. that's. Oh, touche. I should get that tattooed on me. That's That's... That was deep. Uh, not deep enough. Yeah. You know what that I mean? That problem. might have been part of the problem, that's too. That's why she divorced me. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Women struggles. Yeah. <sighs> her right to choose, I guess. Not, well, her body, her choice, yeah, I guess. Yeah, my flight of stairs. <laughs> Yo, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, when was the last time you did stand-up? I think it was, what, Friday? Are we telling you? Uh, uh, yeah, you did see me Friday. I did do a little five-minute open mic set. I think that was the first time I've ever we met, because uh, I don't think you were there a couple weeks ago when I did the open mic at Tulsa Comedy Club. We actually, when I say we, me and my husband, who everybody knows as well. Shout uh, out King to Castro. Castro X, yeah. Um, we actually haven't had as much time to be going out uh, as of late. So that's the first mic we've been to in a while. It was a surprise, because like, I got you guys' email uh, just the night before, Yeah, and we responded to it, mm -hmm. and then... You just showed up. I was like, oh, holy shit. He came up after I did my time on stage. He was like, Joe, you know, you emailed me. We emailed. I was like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> that was kind of the vibe for the whole night, actually. There were quite a few people that, I'm not saying I don't know the people in comedy because I do, but there's a lot of new faces. Like I said, we haven't been yeah. coming out as much. So we're definitely like, people will know you, but you haven't met them or yeah. vice versa. So it was cool vibes. Um but yeah, me and my husband actually both did a little five-minute set. We did not intend to do that. We were actually just coming out because we're having our wedding reception there. Okay. Uh, oh, the, co the comedy club? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So it's a great venue. It is. And so we were actually just kind of there to scope out the rooms. Uh, five-minute sets were not expected, but we had a good time. Yeah. I mean, I was there just for the open mic set for the list and everything, and by the time you guys got there, it was like the third time he was like, okay, our final comedian of the night is this. And then somebody else would sign back up or show up. And it's like, okay, we're going to extend the list one more time and one more time. Literally. So you guys were like the third or fourth last comments. I was. And you guys crushed it. You I guys was. were like perfect. <laughs> um, we're a little out of practice. No lie. Um, Especially when Castro bent over the stool. Yeah, uh, No, he's got plenty of practice doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, Me too. I've got a show this Friday. Um, <laughs> I guess by the time this airs, it'll be way past. But at Starlight, okay. Um, I don't know. Shout out to Starlight. Ever... Yeah, have you been? I haven't been yet. Um, I'm pretty new to the Tulsa scene as far as this year. Uh, mainly, it's been Tulsa Comedy Club and then Cellar Dweller. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. The main thing with me is I have two kids and I have split custody. So like Mondays and Tuesdays, I usually try to stay around here for them. Right. So I don't try to do any stand up there. So mostly weekends and Thursdays and Fridays. Right, right, right. Um, is Roscoe one of the first people you kind of met that embraced yeah. you? Yeah. Because I noticed those are his mics. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, kind of that type. Yeah. He's, so he's um, very welcoming. We talked about it on Missy's, but I'll 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 say it here because yeah, it meant, it meant a lot. So. I did my first open mic this year back. I think it was like the first one he hosted in January. Mm-hmm. After that, he was like, hey, I'm going to call like five people. Um, come see me after the show. And I was one of the five names that he pulled. Nice. So we hung out and he met me and I met like uh, Katie and stuff like that. Shout out to Katie. She's awesome. She is. And he's like, hey, we're going to go to the colony and hang out and see a band. Do you want to come out with mm-hmm. us? And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. So I went over there. Real talk, I'm really high anxiety, depression. Like, I, I am antisocial. Like, I smoke weed to basically just calm everything down. Yep. So I get to this bar, and I don't know anybody. And I just kind of, like, Kevin Smith. Like, it's appropriate that you guys are friends of Kevin uh, Smith. We're fans, friends. Fans <laughs> of Kevin Smith. I'm wearing the silent bob for in honor of you guys. But uh, I was like Kevin Smith, just back on the wall, smoking, like, I don't know anybody. Yeah. And then Roscoe comes by and sees me. And puts his arm around me. He's like, come on, buddy. And pulls me over. Yeah. And he just starts one by one going, hey, this is Jared. He did stand up with me. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to one by one, everybody at the, at the bar. And he didn't have to do that, but he just did. And it made my night. And then I started miss. I met Missy, Lynn Kay. I, and then everybody that's kind of come onto the podcast has been from that night. And it kind of changed my life. You've actually mentioned her a couple of times, Lynn Kay. I have not had the pleasure of meeting really? her yet. Um, um, Very sweet. Honest to God. Like She's the second person that, like, the two times, the first two times I went up to open mic, she was the one that pulled me over. Hey, Jared, welcome back. And like, Aww. this is Jared. He has a good weed card. Smoke his pen. It's good. Nice, like, nice. just pulled me in. And I just love that. So, Ryan, I would say, um, I was actually one of the first people he met in the scene. I just started doing comedy, quote, quote, <laughs> a couple months before that um, when he came out and started. Uh, when I first met him, I didn't really think anything of it. He didn't even go up and do a set. Yeah. Actually, that was back when Red's opened mic. Before that night, the concept of this podcast was kind of hard. Because like I said, in COVID, I kind of just stayed here. I hunkered down. Yeah. So it was trying to figure out how to do a solo podcast by yourself. And I eventually hired Stefano, my executive producer, does the editing and stuff like that. But it was like, who do I interact with by myself? Right. And I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't do it. And then that night, just meeting everybody in Tulsa, I was like, there's a whole scene here. I'd love to just do a, a show about the scene in Tulsa. Yeah. And it changed the entire concept of the podcast. And, well, I mean, Ryan is very much, he's he's been intentional in making himself that piece, but he's very much the person who, like, accepts. Yeah. He's very accepting. He brings people in. Sometimes people don't stick. Sometimes people end up being weirdos. Yeah. Uh, that was part of why I actually reached out about you, because um, we've had that experience. I, uh... When I first started doing comedy, I actually hosted, co-hosted um, a comedy workshop with the not-so-friendly psycho comedian <laughs> guy. Didn't know it at the time, but um, that ended up being weird. Uh, not shout-out to not-so-psycho comedian guy. Yeah, not shout-out. <laughs> not I shout mean, out. I don't know if he's still watching, but... I've had a similar experience with comedians. Um, Yeah. So it's and that's the thing is you it, don't really know you want to be accepting but also there's some fucking weirdos out there it's it's anybody in general there's a crapshoot mm-hmm. you just don't know I mean uh, I tried stand up comedy 15 years ago okay at, uh, are you from here I'm yeah from here from uh, the Tulsa area uh, I went up to an open mic on Looney Bin mm-hmm. I had a friend who was doing comedy then I won't name his name because we're not friends anymore nice but uh, I did a joke I, I went there for a second time and I don't even remember the joke. I think I've told this story before, but he has said that, hell, they don't want you back. You you offended them. They don't want you back. Found out like a year later that was bullshit. I mean, in all honesty, if you really like this show, Unloading Meat, you will reach out to your favorite DoorDash or Uber Eats company and tell them to sponsor the show. Because it's kind of like a Mr. B situation where I spend so much fucking money on food being a fat ass that if they were to sponsor the show... Somehow that money would go directly back into the show in a weird way. So, yeah, get us a sponsorship. Now back to the show. 
Oh. And yeah, that kind of like it, it basically kept me from comedy for like ten years or fifteen years. No I was just like, "Fuck this!" It, it really just crashed me. I'll be honest. Uh, I've I've been hashtag canceled. Um, <laughs> I did get banned um, from a venue in uh, where was that? Arcoma. Yeah. Arcoma. Um. So it was a weird situation where. And, al- and also, if you're not comfortable in this, we all this can be edited and stuff too. Oh no! Okay. I mean, I I very much posted it. Okay. I laugh about it. Um, in uh, all honesty, it's kind of like uh, like I've done some shows. I've been invited to do some shows in like Arkansas and stuff. Mm-hmm. When I share the story, other comedians are like, "Oh, now I'm kind of intimidated. I'm on a show with someone who's been canceled. Like they think it's cool. They think it's edgy." <laughs> there. Move it with the city. That's how we do it here. Uh, that's you know kind of segueing um, to Tokyo shit comedy. That's kind of part of the mission. Um, I'm very clear about I'm not there to let anybody go up there and like spew hate speech. Yeah. Like that's not comedy. Sure. But well, I, I've definitely no. towed the line uh, myself. You know, I'm I don't really consider myself edgy, but a lot of people consider me edgy and dirty. I know I'm dirty. Um, I've never labeled myself a dirty comedian. Other people have done it for me. Yeah. Um, but there are some people in the scene that don't really get booked very much because they're not within the box. They're too edgy. They're too yeah. whatever. I like, I want to hear real people talking about real shit. I don't want to hear recycled shit. I don't want to hear the same version or a different version of the same joke yeah. over and over again. Like, I want unique perspectives. I want unique Th- that's stories. That's exactly it. Um, it's like everybody's worried about like, oh, who's done this first or somebody's talked about this thing. It's not about that to me. It's, it's about it. It's the perspective. If you bring a unique perspective to the joke, people will laugh and appreciate the work. I agree. And I completely agree. It's honestly how you handle sensitive topics too. It is. It absolutely is. I mean. Tasteful. It has to be t- with good taste. personally believe pretty much anything can be funny. You Agreed. just have to do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of wrong ways to do it. I'm not saying just because you said something that's super fucking edgy that it's funny. My husband had said something just casually in conversation one time. I sort of encouraged him. I'm like, you should do something with that. That's funny as shit. Um, but he said, you know, that he wanted to be working on his inward shit, but it sounded like N-word shit. Yeah. I was like, you should do a bit about that. Do stuff that's like you're talking about inward shit, but that it also relates to N-word shit. Yeah. And reveal at the end like what you're actually talking about. Obviously, if you know my husband, then you know his um, <laughs> the way his way of speaking also very much sells that. Plus, I also was wearing just a midriff T-shirt. Oh, nice! I tried that out. Um, Missy inspired me. How'd you feel in it? Liberated. Yeah. Well, I did it halfway through my set, so I wore a midriff shirt. It was a Rick and Morty shirt, and I cut it off midriff. Then I wore a hoodie, and then I wore a sports jacket over it. Okay. So like halfway through the sh- set in the comedy, have you guys been there? Yes. It's all red light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, it's getting fucking hot in here. And I just took it off. Mm-hmm. Then I did another joke. And I was like, man, it's getting a little bit more hot. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. I took the whole fucking thing off. And the whole crowd was just like, holy shit. Because they sell fat jiggle. And they were just like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> they like it. Yeah. Embrace it. Um, That's the way I look at it. I mean. So me personally, um, I, especially when it comes to women. Yeah. You know, like I can really, I can talk about comedy in general. But obviously I'm a woman who does comedy. Yeah. I hate seeing women feel like they have to do self-deprecating comedy because they're fat. I hate that. I can respect that. Personally, like, I've talked to my husband a million times about this. I'm like, just because you're fat doesn't mean you're not sexy. Doesn't mean you're ugly. Doesn't mean you're unattractive. You don't have to point out the... You don't have to make fun of yourself first so other people don't make fun of you. I get it. It's a defense mechanism. Whatever. Yeah. Personally, don't do self-deprecating comedy. And I hate to see it in my in my sexy big women who do comedy yeah. that feel like they have to do that. Would you be okay with a sexy big man doing self-deprecating comedy? Because, I mean, that's pretty much my status quo. I, <laughs> I appreciate self-deprecating comedy for what it is. What you're saying is you're like, yeah, you're not fucking sexy, fat ass. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying there's a difference between self-deprecating because you feel like you have to address it. Yeah. Versus self-deprecating because it's it's truly lighthearted. Yeah. You know, and part of that is knowing some of these comedians personally, yeah. obviously. It's um, kind of like whenever you pick people out and you roast them or something like that, or mm-hmm. you just crowd work with people you know. You, mm-hmm. you got It's hard to know that line until you know somebody. It is. I just, I hate, I hate it. Yeah. Like, I, I would rather see my ladies go up there and be confident in who they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I talk about the fact that I'm, you know a brick house in my comedy and shit like that. But you're never going to hear me say like, oh, I'm I'm gross. I'm yeah. fat. You know, like, I don't feel that way about myself. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to ever, like, 
marginalize or anything like female comedians. I'm just saying, as a general, and I'm sure you'll agree, you guys are like, like what you just talked about. You guys are already dealing with mm-hmm. being female comedians, mm-hmm. so why label it with it's like chubby female comedian or anything like that? Why mm-hmm. fucking give people adages? I get exactly what you're saying. Like just you want to be funny. Right. I want my ladies to be celebrated for more than just whatever it is yeah. they're trying to deflect against. Yeah. You know, I yeah. want them to feel free. Yeah. Uh, so it, it hurts my heart when I see that. There's a yeah. few. I'm not going to call them out or anything like yeah. that. But ladies, you're beautiful no matter what you look like. And you don't have to make fun of yourself to you're be fun. You're beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want to get copyright struck. Hey, no, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Especially by what the fuck? What is his name? James? James Blunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good last name. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, but yeah, as a woman who does comedy, you know, I feel like there's a lot that we can do, and it doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with men. Doesn't have to have anything to do with sex. Doesn't have to have anything to do with what we look like. Yeah. But if you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. I know I do. Your body, your choice. My body, my choice. Yeah. I stand on that. Me too. I stand on that for men as well. I talk about that in my comedy too. That's what's in my grinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you guys get married? 11, 11, 22. 11. Wow. 11, 11, And I 22. saw the pictures. We can show them on, on the screen. You guys got yes. married by the one and only Kevin Smith. The one, the only. Um, wow. My husband's true love of his life. Uh, you'd think it'd be me, but it isn't. Is it's this picture Kevin okay Smith. to show? Yeah. Uh, so that was a joke that I cracked during our vows that made Kevin Smith fucking die laughing and us die laughing um, about how my husband's poor. <laughs> 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 so... I love that picture because you just see the genuine laughter. Those, those are all laughs. Where is that? Was this like a, a, a signing? That oh. is at Impulse uh, Creations. It's a comic book store here in Tulsa. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, that's actually where my husband's podcast, Comic Con's podcast, is done. Obviously, through getting married. There. Shout out to Comic Con's podcast. Shout out Comic Con's podcast. Obviously, through uh, getting be- married there, we have a connection, a little bit more of a connection with like the owners and stuff. By the way, if you guys ever want me on, I'm down to be on whatever you guys want. He's absolutely up for that. Yeah. Uh, he'll love that shit. Um, I wanted to just spread as much Tulsa love as we can do. That sounded really filthy. Really, really, yeah, just skeet, skeet, skeet all over Tulsa. There's lots to go around, yeah. trust me. And there's some dirty motherfuckers here in Tulsa. There so. really is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll admit I'll admit, doing comedy has made me a tiny bit of a comedy snob, too. Yeah. Um, I've seen several comedians in person. The most recent one was super funny, John Mulaney. Oh, God. I've never even been a fan of his or watched any of his work. My younger sister is a fan. Um, I got her tickets to see him for her birthday. He was the funniest comedian I've seen. His timing is so good. Famous comedian I've seen uh, probably ever. Um, Before that, I saw Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's great. I haven't seen him live. He wasn't great. Um, Oh, really? He wasn't horrible by any means, but he just wasn't great. Uh, Kevin Hart had a time where he was really, you know, explosive. Yeah. He's just not that now. Um, maybe he'll make a comeback, but, you know, wasn't that. Um, definitely John Mulaney, if you had an uh, opportunity. Burt Kreischer was also funny. I would love to go see Burt. I Bert. just personally like him. You know, I, I, I do, a, too. Yeah. So. Um, Two Bears, One Cave, and then YMH, stuff like that. that those were the, the podcasts that got me through COVID and everything. Like, really, through all the dark times, like, that's what inspired me to build this, get this going, was, like, you see comedians trapped. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get their outlet out. They couldn't be on stage. And they were going nuts. And they were just trying to put it all in their podcast. And you could just see it. And I'm like... Damn, you could put you could do that in their house. They're built like you saw so many comedians just making makeshift podcast studios. Yep. And it just really inspired me. I so just background for me, I don't listen to podcasts. Really? I've never been a podcast listener. I don't watch a lot of comedy. Not a not much of a comedy sure. watcher. Um sometimes you just kind of get into shit. That's yeah. how I kind of get into shit. It's just fall into it. Um but my husband is the same way. He he loves the podcast. He loves the art of it. Um, my husband definitely understands escapism as well, you know, kind of that outlet. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty incredible. I started doing comedy actually during COVID, which really? is not a lot of people's story necessarily. Yeah. Um, first year of COVID, actually. Uh, November? Wow, okay. Yeah. And again, accidentally fell into it. Went... Went to an open mic just to have some drinks and like laugh a few mm-hmm. times and decided, I'm going to try. I'm going to go up there and do something. And the next week I was booked on a show. So just kind of happened. Never intended to do comedy. Just kind of started doing comedy and haven't stopped. That's crazy. 
Well, props to you for keeping it Thank going. Thank you. Props to Evan Hughes. And also shout, shout out, out yeah, shout out Shauna Blake as well. She was the one who was doing the Reds open mic, um, uh, which is where I originally. Huh? Okay, yeah, I won't forget him. Uh, <laughs> shout, shout out to and we'll <laughs> Josiah Patrick. Shout out to Josiah Patrick. Josiah Patrick is actually Evan Hughes came to the Reds open mic the week after I did my set, quote quote. Um told Evan Hughes how funny I was, and Evan Hughes was like, hey, I want to book you. Oh, nice. So, yeah, definitely Evan Hughes, Shauna, and Josiah, I would say, are uh, nice. big players in getting me into the comedy scene. Well, props to you. And I got to say, you're a funny motherfucker. Thank you. Like, honestly. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody or anything like that, but I I really want to take this seriously when I do the open mic stuff like that. So, I, like, I'm, I try to be, like, one of the first ones there. I want to stay till the very end. Mm-hmm. Um. I really try to look at my comedy career like the way I hear like professional wrestlers talk about their craft. Like they stay till the end of the night. Mm-hmm. They are watching tape on everybody. They are wa- not to like I'm not trying to fucking steal jokes or anything, but I'm like, trying to watch timing mm-hmm. and just like I want to learn. I want to respect this. I want to see everybody's different angles and perspectives. And like I don't know, I'm in love with the whole field of it. Yeah, and I want to just do nothing but get better and take this seriously cadence timing delivery those things are all just as important as content and i see people that like and again i'm not trying to disparage everybody has their own way of doing things i'm not trying to disparage it just i'll see people go up there try to get their sign up and do their set and then they're gone yeah and to me it's like man i want to not only meet everybody and get to know everybody and make connections like we booked this because we talked that night yeah um but i just want to learn i just want to learn and i figure if you still if you think you have it all learned there's kind of going to be a cap on that. I think that exactly what you're describing is the reason that a lot of Tulsa comedians, myself included, like I said, I haven't made time to go to mics in a long time. They kind of just hit a certain point and they stay there where they drop off. Yeah. Is for exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of talent in yeah. Tulsa, not just in the comedy scene, but especially in the comedy scene. And guys, also, I'm not just trying to say this, but life gets in the way. I'm it not does. trying to disparage anybody again. Shit happens. I don't know what you guys' schedules are. I'm just saying in general, I really want to try to be like a student of the game on that stuff, and I really recommend doing that if you want to learn the craft. We've been busy, but also these these last about six months or so, I just haven't been in the best place, you sure. know, mentally, emotionally. That's life. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't feel like because I haven't been doing it, I can't go back and keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I did continue to do shows sporadically during that time frame. Even now, it's like. A little hesitant to take gigs because I haven't been putting the time in on the craft like it deserves. Um, Well, I couldn't tell. Thank you. On Friday, both of you guys were fucking hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. And and I knew it was super last minute, too. It it was. We were not planning on doing that set. Well, because if don't get me wrong, I I hadn't talked to you until way after that. But I remember seeing you guys over there. And I kind of remember seeing you over there. And I was like, is that Joe Miller? Because like you emailed me and I had already Facebook creeped you. Yeah. And I was like, that's her. She just emailed me like a couple hours ago. Holy shit. Yeah. And then I was like seeing you guys on the couch over there and I didn't see you guys sign in for a bit. And I'm like, are they going to do a set? They're going to do a set. And then all of a sudden you guys did a set. I was like, okay. Yeah. He was like, I I need somebody to stall for five minutes. And I had already told him, eh, I don't think I'm going to do a set. He's like, oh, maybe I will. Yeah. And so he went up totally unprepared. He actually, he had a little note on his phone that had all of his jokes on it. He switched phones since then. So he didn't even oh, have his backup. Oh, uh, so that was all completely well. Props um, to Caster yeah, for that. That was good, incredible. Um, and then for me, most of my set, there's new stuff in there, but a lot of it is also recycled or, um, you know, kind of revamped or new and old, kind of pressed together. Uh, a lot of that's all established material. So, and not that I'm trying to like push you guys together or like say that you guys are have to be a comedy or anything like that. You're absolutely right. I already know what you're saying. We say it to each other all the time. We. The R sets work so The way that your timing was, yes. Yes, they were very good together. They are. And the timing of his going before yours was just perfect because it set up everything. We already knew who he was. Not just the comedians, but even the people next to me that had no idea, they got it. Yep. Without even names. It's so funny together. You're absolutely right. We've actually only been booked on two or three shows. Two shows together. Um, One of which was actually his first headlining shows in the headline over me. I went right before him. Um, which was still an amazing little setup. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I think Angela Teague has put us together. Shout out Angela Teague. Because no offense to either one of you, but you guys are very radically different. We as are. far as like just appearances and stuff like that. And so it's it's very shocking, and it works for your gimmicks or your 
your stage presence very well. You are absolutely right. Uh, I definitely have always acknowledged that in my comedy. He and I are very, very different. Um, that could be actually, a good thing, though. We met at the comedy workshop I was co-hosting. And he was, you know, he asked me to be on his podcast. Then I didn't think really twice about him or the situation or whatever. He was just so outside my wheelhouse. Yeah. I'd never really interacted with anybody like that. Um, he's he's very different than anyone I've ever even met. And it just works. Yeah. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by someone like Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet. Man, I really wish I had a new wallet, Stefano. Mine's falling apart over here. It's like held together by dreams and duct tape. And it's it's pretty empty as it is. Um, man, if I had a company like Ridge sponsoring this show, guys, you wouldn't have to hear these horrible, horrible fake ads. So if you want to make that happen, reach out to your comp- favorite company like Ridge and uh, tell them to sponsor the show, Unloading Meat. Anyway, back to the show. Did you like my balloons that Missy made for us? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to catch her um, burlesque performance. Have you? I haven't seen her burlesque. I've only seen her stand up. Mm. She was at the cellar on mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really not to make this about anybody else, but I haven't seen any of her burlesque performing. But I've been very proud to see that she very yeah. much does seem like she's empowered by it. She yeah. does seem. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed. I'm really happy for her. Well, I told her she was the reason that I did the midriff shirt. Like she uh, uh, inspired me. Mm-hmm. Just ha- being so open and stuff like that, I was like, "Fuck it, let's just go for it." It's funny. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you don't know until you do it, and yeah. then sometimes it takes doing it a few times to even decide if it's your thing or not. So yeah, props to her for. That's real. what I told my rapist. Oh no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, sexual assault's not cool, guys. Not cool. Not cool. Get consent. Consent is key. Be yes. a consent king. Yes. I've listened to your podcast a little bit. I've heard about some of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. You guys are talking about cult classics. Mm-hmm. Um, love section on Clue. Mm-hmm. You guys are talking about Clue. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I loved your description. Was it you that was talking about Clue or was the the other guy? Uh, uh, my sister is the other host. Okay. It was her. What a... Uh, her description of the Clue movie just made me laugh. She's hilarious. Well, it was like the mo- the Clue based on the board game Clue. It's a movie about Clue, <laughs> and it's about a man people in a mansion. I'm like, it's that sounds like Clue. <laughs> <laughs> but she was very destructive, and that just it made me chuckle a little bit. She's so funny. Uh, we're 15 <laughs> months apart, so she's my younger sister. But I really look at her like a peer. You know, yeah. we're super close in age, and we're just super close in general. We don't have any other siblings except a way older half sibling. Um, so we're super close. Uh, we really enjoy doing the podcast together. We talk about just the weirdest shit. Um, you got to listen to the ET episode if you haven't. I haven't yet. It. I was getting through the movie one and then the Oklahoma one. I listened to the last two. Oh, yeah. Those um, are not even the best. Oh, really? Uh, well, I subscribed to you. I subscribed to uh, Castro's. Uh, uh, the, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, is it With All Due Respect? With All Due Respect. Comic-Cons. Okay. Comic-Cons is a newer podcast of his. Well, I subscribe to both of them on Facebook and then on Spotify. It's all the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, E.T. is a phenomenal episode. Uh, well, I just lo- I loved your commentary about Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, we talk about just well, sometimes we get deep. Sometimes we just get stupid. Sometimes it's anywhere in between. Well, so, I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith, and I'm a big fan of They Live. I love They Live. So See, and so everything that you're describing, you should be my sister. How old are you? 34. You a little old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what she, the twinks say too. <laughs> she looking, she looking, and she wouldn't have a problem with you being bisexual. <laughs> I didn't know this was gonna turn into a tender. Well, I don't need to be set up. It's okay. She's getting rejected before I can even sell her out here. <laughs> God, like you trying to pawn Alex off. She's so cool, but shout she out needs, to Alex. I'm sorry. She needs the right type of guy. You know, she needs somebody who's also goofy and. Kind of dumb, but like in a smart way. Yeah, you know? like not actually dumb. But <laughs> I love how you just described me a little bit. You're like goofy but dumb, but in a smart way, like pre-diabetic. Kind of like, see, you know, you're you're sweet. checking That's what you the meant boxes by sweet. exactly. Diabetes. You get it. You get it. You're there, but you wanted to shoot down love before you even had a chance. So <laughs> we'll just regular let Cupid. That one be. Let it be. Alex is not divorced. She's just single. If anybody out there is looking for someone who looks kind of like this with glasses, 
<laughs> but way more into nerd shit. Alex Miller. Hit her up. So. You had asked uh, what my hobbies are outside yeah. of comedy. Um, not a huge hobby person, but I do. I am a little artsy. I paint. Um, I'm super passionate about psychology. Okay. It's actually any, my major. Any particular field of psychology? Um, no, I, I particularly enjoy like abnormal psych, um, psych of human sexuality, stuff like that. Uh, but that's just interest areas. I'm actually, fingers crossed, up for a job that's a hybrid between like everything I've already done in the nonprofit sector, mm -hmm. adding that additional like mental health component. Nice. I'm very excited about well, that. Well, good luck. Thank you. Yeah, the interview is tomorrow. I'm sending positive vibes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, by the time this goes out, hopefully you can show your new coworkers. By the time this is out, I'll already be and there. They get fired. <laughs> that is the one thing I will say. I'll just uh, superimpose a whole bunch of Nazi propaganda around you and stuff. <laughs> hey, by the time they've hired me, it's true. <laughs> I was very open and transparent about it, um, but I'm sure if they ever actually looked into it, they probably wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> so that's worth saying, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super into work, actually, as weird as it is to say. Like, I'm very passionate about my job. Yeah. I've always been pretty passionate about that. So right now I'm kind of not doing anything. I definitely feel that, but it was time for a change. Yeah. Um, Comes in waves. I mean. It does. It was time for me to go, and I don't regret it, especially with this new opportunity and stuff like that. But um, work actually is a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the podcasting. I love my husband. Um, we just like have a fucking blast doing anything together. Um, we recently started doing like cons and stuff. We went to one in Texas. And Do you guys cosplay at all? We have not dressed up yet. It's something my husband's super into. <laughs> Are you at all or no? I've not pulled the trigger yet. I'm like, um, I know that I'm not into like wearing any spandex. It's not yeah. for me. Not not my body type. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know what I would dress up as, actually, to be honest. And he's very much got tons of ideas of what he wants to do. So kind of just got to decide what I want to do for that. But it's on the horizon. <laughs> it's on the horizon. Because, I mean, like, is it um, not that we're going to go too deep into it, but is it like, more of a confidence thing? Because like, honestly, like when I saw you on stage, like you full of confidence. It's not a confidence thing. It's more like in this realm, I, I have interests in the, like, you know, comic realm and stuff like that but i don't even really like the traditional superheroes that much like i i own several comic books um most of them are horror okay um i read a lot of joe hill uh which is actually stephen king's son under a pen name oh nice uh yeah he's he's pretty neat i like the horror comics i like batman i like teen titans but i mean i don't i don't have like that character you yeah. know that i'm like that's me that's who i want to dress up as. so it's really more that i don't have a specific person that i desire to portray sure um so no it's not a confidence thing okay. other, other than the i'm not gonna wear a spandex outfit <laughs> <laughs> um, like again, not, not to imply anything i was just wondering no no absolutely uh i just i don't have any any characters that i guess i identify with on that sure. level so i'm still kind of searching for that and i might i might just do something for fun or something yeah. to match him you know ultimately because it's something we he would really enjoy and something we do together um but just as of right now, I don't have any characters that I'm like, yeah, I want to dress up as that. Yeah. I, uh, but I love Halloween, you yeah. know, but it's not as themed, I guess. I went as uh, Beetlejuicy for Halloween the year before last, which nice. is like sexy Beetlejuice, I guess. Um, I don't know. I like to be goofy. I don't like to take things too serious, so I guess it's also towing that line, too. I thought about... <laughs> it's so bad. I thought about going to a con because I'm so large. Just going as a green screen. <laughs> no. And people can stand in front of me and just have their own like, outfits no. in front of me. <laughs> so I'm in everybody's shots. Not even <laughs> close to that big. <laughs> we enjoyed no. it. Actually, interestingly, um, the same... No, it was the month before. It was either the same month or the month before Kevin Conroy died... He was supposed to be at a con that we went to, and he had canceled. And then that kind of made us think maybe it was for health reasons yeah. and whatever. I was very sad. I was like, Kevin Conroy was such an impactful person in my life. Like, oh my god, I, I grew up with that man's voice. He actually died the day we got married. Oh. Uh, so there's a little oh. tiny mar. Did Kevin on that Smith day. know? Uh, we actually we've talked about multiple times when we saw Kevin. He looked very tired. He 
looked a little sad. Because he was, he knew him. I mean, he yeah, did. they worked together. Yes. So we talked about that. It's possible that that was kind of weighing on him. It's also possible he was just kind of overworked and tired. Um, yeah. But he definitely, we we commented on that a few times. Not to put him down. Just Because yeah. this is somebody that we care about. Yeah. And um, it was very obvious, visibly, that he's he was worn. Yeah. You know? Um. So... We've speculated that, but we don't know for sure. That's what happens when you go vegan. <laughs> I mean, you lose a ton of weight. He was a small guy. Yeah, I know. Um, I was actually surprised. I knew I knew he had lost weight and stuff like that, but Seeing I was surprised person. by how small he really is. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, five six, five seven, and I mean, maybe one hundred and sixty pounds. Oh damn! I mean, he's small. <laughs> he was small. It's kind of kismet that like. You guys came on the show because, like, Kevin Smith was such a huge influence on me, like, just a huge infer- inspiration. Like, besides, like, people in the wrestling world and stuff like that, like, as far as, like, entertainers, comedians, I, I grew up watching his QAs, mm-hmm. like, his evening with Kevin Smith's. I have them all on DVDs and stuff. Like, <laughs> we have those we just have a DVD. influenced me so much. That and David Tell. Yeah. I, David Tell's my all time favorite stand up comedian. So, David Tell, I'm actually not familiar with, other oh. than I know that uh, a couple of the comedians from Tulsa have performed with him before. Really? Yeah, uh, which is apparently a, a pretty big accolade. Yeah, um, that's a, yeah, that's huge. That's that's a dream for me. That's a, that's a bucket list for me. That and Bo- I would love to be with Bobby Lee. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lee was a huge inspiration for me for the podcasting and stuff, for like his story on Tiger Belly and stuff. So, I do love, I don't know if you've ever watched these, not necessarily everyone has, but. There's, it's not even running anymore. You can, but you can find all the clips on like YouTube. Used to be a Comedy Central little show called This Is Not Happening. Yes. I love This Is Not Happening. Yes, with uh, Ari and then Roy took over. Yes. It's perfect for me personally because it's, I, I consider my comedy very anecdotal. Like it's, it's stories. It's little stories. I love that style of comedy. I love the premise of people coming on and just telling a story about a specific instance, but making it funny. Yeah. Or even having a message to it or whatever. I love the format of that show. I've seen almost every single fucking episode yeah. all the time. Like a trigger word will happen in a conversation and I'll say to my husband, I'm like, oh, you know, um, this guy did an episode of This Is Not Happening and this is what he talked about yeah. or whatever all the time. I love that show. I, I mean, would, the machine story was on This Is Not Happening. Yes, it was. I would love to have a similar type format show. I love that style. Yeah. Um, but I also don't ever want to be too restrictive. You know, that's a theme. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be restrictive, but um, that's something I'm very interested in. I actually talked to my husband. I was like, you know, I'd be really interested in doing my own like talk show or something like that. And that's when he kind of encouraged me to get into podcasting. Yeah. I never really considered doing that, uh, except for he and I. We've talked about doing a podcast together. Um, but I very much, I love the stories that everyone has to tell. Yeah. I love everybody's, it's like we talked about earlier, the unique experiences, the unique perspectives. Um, I love people who are like unashamedly themselves. Yeah. That's very much who I am as a person. That's who my husband is as a person. That's the kind of people I like to be around. Sure. So um, I love that idea. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like in execution. Tokyo shit is definitely kind of a little stepping stone. In Shout that. out to Tokyo shit. Tokyo shit comedy. Um, it's a stepping stone in that direction. Stand-up comedy is an art. You yes. are absolutely right. You may have something that is funny. The ending is funny. The result yeah. is funny. It's not enough if you're not throwing in the smaller punches in between. Otherwise, somebody's listening to you ramble on for potentially one to three yeah. minutes for one laugh at the end. That might not even hit. Yeah. You have to you have to strategically place the little shit in there, especially like I said, I I kind of just fell into comedy. Yeah. Um. Naturally, I'm kind of a funny, amusing sort of person. Um. Unique perspective, stuff like that. Uh, I also know how to, I guess, speak in general. Those yeah. were things that I didn't actually have to put a lot of effort into. For me, actually, the more time I did the same material on stage, because you do the same material yeah. for a long time, and then you. Some people completely do new sets. Some people kind of incorporate new and old, whatever. The longer I was doing material that no longer was immediately relevant to me, I actually had less passion for it. Yeah. Even though I had so much practice doing it, um, I didn't feel it. It wasn't fun and to you. Even though, exactly. Even though the audience still laughed, I felt like tangibly they could somehow sense my energy that I wasn't as invested sure. into it. Um, so I, I'd still get the results, quote, quote, if you just want yeah. to focus on results. But that passion isn't there for me whenever I talk about stuff that's less relevant for yeah. me at the time when I first wrote it. So funny. Yeah. You know, um, 
That's I, not your voice anymore. It may not, not be your voice. Yeah. It's not. Uh, so sometimes over time doing the same things or similar things, eventually you kind of realize, oh, that's that's no longer my voice. Yeah. Is exactly as you said. Or I no longer, this no longer resonates with me, even yeah. though it's me. Yeah. It's my own story and it's all my truth. Yeah. It's not my current mindset. Hey, fellow hipsters and people that have culture or something. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen, host of Unloading Meat, and we need sponsors for the show. If you've identified with this fucked up hat I'm wearing, these shitty tattoos, or any other cultural references that are behind me, reach out to your favorite sponsors and tell them to sponsor the show Unloading Meat. Now, back to acting like I wasn't impressed by anything. I wish this podcast could be on vinyl. How do you go about writing a 20 to 30? Do you do I was it waiting for this to come. Each person has a different write. way. You don't? I don't write. Okay. Is uh, it free, just free balling? Like, not free balling. But <laughs> 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 I, and that was something that I felt like in the beginning. You know, I, I'm very transparent here. There were a lot of things that I did not have to put effort into on the front side. And I feel like in the long run, it's actually put me at a disadvantage. Okay. It didn't put me in a position to give this craft what it deserves as okay. far as the work goes. Hey, um, you're being honest about it, though. I am. And it's something that it's been on my heart for a yeah. while. I've talked a lot with my husband about it. It's how I feel. That's why I said, you know, sp- I do my comedy a little bit more sporadically now yeah. because I don't feel as confident about it. Not because there's anything different or wrong with me, but because I feel personally like I have not done enough I haven't given this this craft the respect that it deserves. I haven't put enough in. Okay. Um. Uh, can I just say that though that even though I've only watched you once, you have the talent. Thank like, you. Like you're funny as hell. But that's also part of what kind of like I said, kind of put me at a disadvantage in a weird way. It's yeah. like, yeah, you can be naturally funny. You can yeah. naturally have this presence, and that has taken me far enough. At this point, you know, I, I'll occasionally like randomly think of stuff and i'm like oh i'm gonna add that into my set or whatever i've never taken the time to really sit down and write i've never had to and i now feel so compelled within that's what i need to be doing yeah um but i'll be honest this far into doing comedy it's a little daunting to try to start doing that yeah it is um so that's kind of really where I'm But I can at. say I honestly respect the shit out of you for admitting that, especially on camera, to a comedy podcast. But it more just the only way you can grow is you can you have to admit where your, not faults, but like your opportunities are. Absolutely. No, so you're totally correct. I it's, respect the shit out of you for doing that. It's I mean, the truth. That's the only it's way you can get, get ahead. No, my you can grow. Truth. Yeah. I, I probably didn't make that clear enough in this podcast. Uh I pretty much always advertise this about myself. I'm I'm a very honest person. I'm a very straightforward yeah. person. I, I cut the shit. Like, there's no shit to be had <laughs> with me, for real. Like, you haven't even seen my comedy, but I talk about it in my comedy, too. Like, I don't bullshit. Yeah. Um, and in that in that same breath, I can say I've, I've been bullshitting the comedy a little bit. Um, I'm ready to take it a little bit more seriously. Like I said, the last six months haven't been my best six months. Um, I got married, yeah. an incredible thing to an incredible person yeah. that I that I love, and we have a great life together. Yeah, just because good shit happens in your life doesn't mean everything's all good. I'm I'm not in an up right now. Yeah, but I'm trying to get there. Yeah, you have to get up. Yeah, get the fuck up. That's where I am right now. Right there, getting up. So I'm in the same boat. Like I, yeah. So if we're gonna get really real, yeah. My my real. roommate, my best friends that we talk to, like I feel like my professional, like it's getting ready to pop off with the the podcast. Like just walking in the club when I say unloading me, people knew what the na- the name was, mm-hmm. and not to have any ego. It just felt like it's starting to build in the Tulsa area a little bit. Like it's starting to it's starting to work I after absolutely. a year. It's starting to work. Personally, my life, I'm like drowning, mm-hmm. like debt and all that shit. I'm waiting for my taxes. Like this, I put so much in this, it just has to work. Mm-hmm. Like this is my make it or break it. Like everything I'm putting into this fucking podcast. And we, stand up we say it all the time, like, oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Things will work out because they fucking have to. Yeah. There is no other option. Yeah. Um, I get it. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that comedy doesn't give me an ego boost. Yeah. Literally doing the open mic on Friday. Oh, it, it works. It's I like talk, crack. It's, it's, it. I talked to my husband after and I was like, I needed that. Yeah. I needed that little that little up. I uh, We actually met Jason Muse, um, you know, Jay. Yeah. 
the month after we met Kevin Smith. Nice. And it was at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. Nice. Where I performed multiple times. And uh, we had passes to meet him. And because the guy knew me from doing comedy there, we got to meet him first. I was a little fucking ego boost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was a little, I get things from comedy. You know, everybody likes to to feel like, oh, I'm confident in my own. And it's true, I am. Yeah. I don't really give a shit what other people have to say about me. Yeah. That doesn't mean it doesn't fucking feel good when somebody says to you, you're so funny. Yeah. Or I remember you from this. I've had people, like, I'm like, oh, I'm Joe. And they're like, Joe Miller? Yeah. You're Joe Miller? People I've never fucking met before, never yeah. seen before. Um, That's kind of what's beautiful about it, too. You go up there, they know your name, you open up a little piece of yourself, and then people feel like they know you. Yeah. It can be weird. But it's also very unifying. Yeah. It's also very connecting in a beautiful way. Did you, um, we talked earlier about the evening with Kevin Smith. Did you watch them with your husband? Like the evening with Kevin Smith DVDs or anything? We own one of them. Okay. Yeah, we own one and the, we've watched part of one. The, the very the very first one, there is a Q&A he does with a lesbian woman that comes up in the Q&A. And I, I always remember this because it, it really, it made me love Kevin Smith like 10 times more because the way he explained him, his philosophy, just, it was so beautiful. Because, have you ever watched Chasing Amy? Uh, no. Okay, do you know the synopsis of Chasing Amy or have you ever heard of it? Essentially. Ben Affleck turns a lesbian straight to fall in love with him and then they break up. Spoiler alert. It's like because of like his insecurities, yes. right? Yes. Yes. So, again, a lot of lesbians hate that fucking movie on the surface because like, that'll never fucking happen. Right. You turn a, you know, it's like every male fantasy, you turn a lesbian straight. You know, I'm the guy that turned her straight. And like, a lot of lesbians, and I'm not trying to, like, uh, assume, but I'm just saying, in general, there was a lot of bashing or hate on that movie yeah. because that, that community was very outraged. Mm -hmm. um, rightfully so, if they, if they saw it on surface level. and um, Right. So there was a lesbian woman that went on the Q&A, and she was talking about that, how that really, that movie upset her. And uh, she even brought up that, you know, all a lesbian needs a good stiff dicking, right? And mm -hmm. stuff like that. And he's like, no, what I'm trying to say is, you know, he talked about how his brother was gay mm -hmm. and how he tries to insert a little bit of gay culture into every one of his movies so that people can identify. But he said, all I can do is say, this is how I view the world. Agree or disagree. Right. That's it. I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm just saying, this is how I view the world. This is my little piece. You can agree with it or disagree with it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I feel like, you know, I don't know the message of the movie and stuff yeah. like that, but as somebody who very openly expressed earlier on, uh, my husband's not my type. My husband is not the kind of person yeah. I ever interacted with before. Sometimes all it takes is the right person. Yeah. Um, I don't really know the movie or anything like that, and I think that it has that sort of philosophy in it where although you did the work on the front side to get what you wanted, yeah. your own insecurities and hang-ups fucked you up in the end. Yeah. And that's honestly what it was. Cause like, it's just like a good stand-up bit. It's always an exaggerated version of the original story. Mm -hmm. You punched it up. Exactly. So Kevin Smith talked about, like, that story was literally, if it was a real story, it was about his insecurities dating Joey Lauren Adams, the actual actress that played in Chasing Amy. Mm -hmm. He dated her Might before his, before his uh, married his wife. He dated that actress. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite VPN providers such as Express or Nord or any other VPN product that is constantly bombarding you with ads on every podcast, YouTube clip, everything that you ever watch. Hell, I'm half exp honestly, VPNs, you guys should just be advertising on every Pornhub site and any kind of adult site because guys, if you're ever trying to, you know, wank one off real quick and you need to be sure, sure that your favorite cable provider is not browsing on it, hop on a VPN. And guys, if you're tired of these fake weird ads, reach out to those VPNs and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the show. That's kind of the gist of it. Like, if you wrote that, it'd be kind of boring. Like, oh man, she had more she had more hookups than I did. End. So he punched it up. We <laughs> kind of manufacture our own problems sometimes. And I do feel that, that movie was made now with the way everybody's more gender fluid and more open that that wouldn't even be a thing and that might be my mind living in the current time yeah. kind of accepting it that way yeah i very much feel like as a person who understands that there's so many different ways to be yeah um just because you always fucked women doesn't mean that there's not a man that's going to come along and make you feel something different than you ever felt yeah just i'm not saying mountain. if you're a lesbian you really need to be with a man or if you're a 
gay man, then you really need to be with a, the right woman. I'm not saying that. I am available but, on Grinder, guys. Um, um, seriously, he's looking for the right man or woman. Yeah, Come on true. now. <laughs> like, Ugh. it's a big pool. It's a big pool. It's a big pool. Deadpool. Um. <laughs> Lots of dead bodies floating yeah. around in it. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> that got I just... dark so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just believe in people being who they are. Oh, I'm so glad you went back to that. You segue back to something nice because I was like, I got dark real quick. And you're just, I'm just believing. I was like, you're about to like dead baby joke or something. I was like, what are we talking about? Well, I'll be honest. I've done some abortion jokes. They don't. They don't do the best. <laughs> I've done some abortion jokes too. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I definitely feel like women deserve the right to choose. And so do men. I feel like everybody's, here's what I really feel. Everybody's trying to find their own version of happiness. What the Preach. fuck is it to you? Preach. You know what I mean? Uh, shit. We're all just trying to be happy. Yeah. We're all just trying to figure this shit out because it's hard for all of us. Yeah. Fucking, you know, $7 a carton for eggs or whatever shit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of got deep there for a second. We did on loading um, meat. Unloading me. What? Did, where did the name come from for your podcast? I will tell you off air. Oh, I take that approach with my comedy. People a lot of times ask me, like, "Is that real? Yeah, did this really happen?" It's just like you said, like it's it's real stuff just yeah. zhuzhed up, basically. It's like when you say a really risque joke, and then the people look around the room to see if anyone in that demographic is there before they laugh. Oh yeah, I I was so surprised that not only that there was so much response, but who the response was from when my husband did his finger in the butt joke. Yeah. Because a lot of times that gets a little, it's a little stuffy in there. People pucker up. You it was know like when I watched, went to the movies and watched Django Unchained. That was hilarious. Just watching the audience watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All the white people, every time that N-word would drop, they were just like, are the black people cool with us laughing Collective at this? Gasp. And then they got to Sam Jackson and they were just like, we don't know what to do with this shit. <laughs> Good movie. I don't know. I can people, go on a rant with Tarantino, though. People just need to be free, man. Agreed. And I, I don't, I always just let people believe whatever shit. It, it's not real. You know, yeah. I know what's real in my life. Yeah. So people can believe whatever shit. I don't really, it, it, maybe it even makes it better for them if they just believe some crazy ass shit. So it is what it That's is. That's how Jenny McCarthy gets work. I have, I have members of my family I don't talk to anymore that are, that besides the die thing bothering them when I came out last year was, uh, they're also like. That, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter's birthday was at a Japanese restaurant. And they print that she came in with like a t-shirt, like bold. Like she came in late to the party, and in front of everybody in this whole like Asian place is like my my body, my choice, anti-COVID and stuff like that. And like just like come on, marching with a big sensor sign on her shirt and everything. I'm like, no, no. Oh no. my, god. that's so embarrassing. Yeah, it's that's very like embarrassing. embarrassing on a different level. Yeah. of like I really associate with somebody who. Yeah. I, like not even associate necessarily, but I'm connected in some yeah, it, way. Yeah, it's like icky. It's like to ugh. a person that really thinks that. And that's kind of like where the the damages of my family is. Like I have a thing of like anybody that kind of views me as like you could say you love me, but if it's love with also, hey, I also think you're going to hell and you're doing evil stuff. I don't really need that love. Love can't have those <laughs> conditions. Yeah, I don't need asterisks on love. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where the flaw, the thing is in my family. That's that's just real, some real talk. No, that's that is real talk. Yeah. that's one hundred percent real. Uh, my sister, who we referenced earlier, that you already rejected, and we'll just glaze over that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. Alex also identifies as bisexual, and my dad, he's not a bad person. Yeah, he's really not. But he basically outed her to our family without her being ready. Oh, and it was so. Is it okay if we talk about this on this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we talk about it on our podcast Okay. As well. I just want to make sure I didn't do anything. She and I talked because uh, I was like, listen, some of this shit in here is like really real. Are you sure? She's like, it's our truth. Okay. Um, She was worried. My dad's side of the family, a lot of, there's a lot of heavily religious influence. Yeah. She was worried Same. about, you know, our parts of our family no longer accepting her. Yeah. Because of that part of her. And not that it's not her truth, but it wasn't the time. It wasn't yeah. the place. Um, that was something she really went through that was extremely hard. Um, pretty much everyone either accepts or just kind of ignores, Yeah, you know, to be totally honest. Um, accepting is obviously the, the preferred. Yeah. Um, we did have one member of the family he was married in who asked my dad to go for a drink one time. and was like, you know, your daughter's going to hell, right? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and that's kind of where our situation is. With the married it's in. no longer. And that's why I kind of like, I, I understand where you're coming yeah. from. It's. How can you love love this person? You know, love this person so much that you change their diapers, or you watched them yeah. grow up, or you you came to them for advice, or whatever shit. And just because of this one piece of information, yeah, 
you can't love them. Well, the it's same. like I, I go by decency and I go by people's choices in life. I do like um what, what was the show? There's a stupid fucking show. Oh, it's not stupid. Oh, I'm gonna cut that out because I just blasphemy my own fucking favorite thing. <laughs> Deadpool to the movie. Okay, I haven't seen it. Okay, or Deadpool one actually. There's a part of it. Colossus talks about there's four or five moments in your life. Like, mm-hmm. there's choices that matter. Mm-hmm. I believe that shit. Like, those choices can impact everything. And that's those kind of, like, I don't look at people's, like, what they wear or anything like that. I go by what your choices are and who I know about you. That's how I decide if you're a good enough person, like, if somebody I want to associate with. I completely agree with you. There's a difference between making bad choices yeah. and being a bad person. And then, like, so, like, the, the family I'm talking about, like, the person that married in, uh, is one of those persons that, like, the anti vax. That was the person that, like, was so proud to go to his work and make everybody evacuate so that he can go in and sign paperwork. He was like, huh, all these sheep have to leave so I can come in by myself and sign the paperwork. <laughs> then I'll go home to my, my work at home job. Yeah. One of those. I'm like, yeah, you're, I don't want to be with Embar- you. Like, it's, it's embarrassing. Like the ones that use religious, the loopholes just to get out of stuff. And I agree. That shit's kind of embarrassing to me. I believe that people sh- should be able to believe what they want, what they believe. Yes. But also, it's, don't be I, a fucking dick. I can see your character. Don't be, don't. We don't. all know it's a loophole. Call it what it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I this COVID or pre-COVID world. Hey, you heard what they said? COVID's over now officially. Uh, when did that happen? But they announced it last week that there's a date set that's like COVID's over, guys. Oh, okay. Because they're stopping like the bonuses to like food stamps. They're stopping like the bonuses to like all the different like health support. It's like, all political they're, they're, and yeah, financial. Yeah, they're cutting all the the, fi- the financial on that stuff. All political and financial. Yeah. <sighs> there are people who still haven't recovered. I know. There are people who I mean, there are people who will literally never recover. They're yeah. dead, you know. But <laughs> my, my dad went to the chiropractor last week, and this chiropractor was telling him that like he's a, a firm anti-COVID like like denier. And he's like, I got miracle cures. I can give you all these vitamins and we'll cure everything. And then this this COVID shit, the vaccine is what's getting all my patients in here. COVID denier. And I'm like, man, you're the reason like chiropractic medicine is chiropractic medicine. Yep. <laughs> That's the reason people make fun of that entire yes! practice. When you're the dude going, oh, I'm just going to get my back adjusted. You know, COVID's a hoax, right? <laughs> the fuck? I just wanted my neck snap. Like... <laughs> we went into a nail salon. It was, it's a single owner business she's the one who did our nails and stuff she was going on and on about, <laughs> she's like well you know the letters in COVID they equal 666 and then <laughs> I was like this bitch wild it was insane <sighs> people really believe that shit I know like don't get me wrong I'm a little gullible like I definitely believe in some conspiracy theories like yeah. I f- full-heartedly believe in like Mandela effect. Like I this, believe this in episode gets so flagged on YouTube for like COVID misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> COVID six six six, yo. That's the new variant. <laughs> Literally, even go to your Walgreens, work. get the booster, guys. Get the fucking holy water. Yeah, they don't get five G. Yeah, what even is all yeah. that shit was hilarious. All the five G towers and the pe- the people that were attacking the cell phone towers in England over that shit were hilarious. Did you see that? No, I did not see when that. When that whole came out, like hoaxes of like the COVID vaccine was going to give you like it was having to do something with the five G yes. towers and shit. People were getting and attacking and trying to destroy the cell phone towers in England. Stand up for what you believe in. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to be. I guess. <laughs> It's okay. They follow Queen. Uh, well, well, now King. I was about to say Prince, she, she gone. Yeah, because King, he'll be dead in three years, probably too. I mean, how is he even alive? So. I know. He looks like he's like he's on. He's surviving on dreams and racism. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know whose dreams. Like, yeah, not the people's, and I don't even think his own. You know what you I know mean? The, they're still on Canadian money too. What? Get your own dollar. I know. You know what I mean? I mean. You'd think they want to separate after Trudeau did the blackface, but they still people get it don't. Going. People don't. People don't take shit serious enough. Canada's <laughs> weird though, because like even like the 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 French side of it, like they were trying to like make sure like that was French uh, dominant, like that was the official language in it and stuff. They were trying to make sure that was done. So I'm gonna be honest, Canada's a little confusing because I'm like, how you French and British? Yeah, I don't understand you. It's because they're so polite. They just went with it. They're like, yeah, okay. They're like, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> all right. You're just, like, uh, no need to make a fuss about it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so I think it was about that time we do the preheat. I was feeling the exact the same pre-heat. way. I'm getting warm Ooh, it's hot! What was that? 
If you guys want to be on the preheat, please send your emails to unloadingme at gmail.com. Subject preheat. Are you familiar with the preheat? Do we talk about it off screen or anything? Tell me about the preheat. The preheat. I want to see my viewers' best roast, roast jokes. Make fun of me. I know being on YouTube, Spotify, this is going out there. You're going to see this lovely, bodacious self right here. There's going to be comments. I will read them on the air if they include a photo of themselves then, so I can retort. As soon as I'm okay. done, I say, oh, what a lovely tea party. What a lovely tea party. I think uh, since I don't have any roast jokes for this man, I guess I just want to go out on what a lovely tea party. Okay. What a lovely tea party. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much, Joe Miller. Do you have anything to promote? Anything you'd like to share with the audience? I'm Joe Miller. I have a personal Facebook, J-O-M-I-L-L-E-R, and a comedy Facebook, J-O-M-I-L-L-E-R. <laughs> um, Stefan, I'll put it up on the post, too. You've probably heard me talk about Soul Tap, so let's talk about podcasts. That's a podcast oh, I do with yeah. Alex Miller. Subscribe to my sister. social medias and listen to my podcast. Also, subscribe to my husband's shit and, and follow and listen to his shit, as well as Jared... Ralphie Allen. Thank you. Do you? It's everything's unloading meat. Do you display your name though, or is that yeah, Jared Ralphie Allen? Okay. Yeah. Unloading meat on everything. <laughs> Support people, guys. It literally takes like not fucking shit to do it. Like, do it, guys. Follow. Come on. Do it, literally guys. Literally, just play it in the background. Shit, we need those listens. Thank you guys so much for watching this. This has been an amazing episode. Take care. Bye, have a great time.